Welcome to the Forward Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Lead Pastor Neil Krauss. For more information about Forward, giving, or to request prayer, visit www.forwardchurchfamily.com. morning as we gather together to worship Jesus and to, to learn. You know, each week of this series, we've given you guys an item as you came in the doors. And week one, it was a refrigerator magnet. Looks like this. If you didn't get one, there's still some out there on the table. But we gave you a magnet to talk about the importance of being connected with God. Remember how I talked about if you were here, we had a refrigerator on stage and I put the magnet directly on the refrigerator and it was hard to make it slide down the refrigerator when it's directly connected. But when I put a piece of paper in between this refrigerator magnet and the refrigerator, it made it a little bit easier to move. And as I added more sheets of paper, it just became easy to pull it off and uh, off the refrigerator and disconnect it. And that's the case in our life, that our connection with God, sometimes we can put things that even are good things, like our family or our job, you know, our career, we can put things that are good in between us and God, and it disconnects us some from God. So I talked about the importance of us being directly connected to God, just like a refrigerator magnet on a refrigerator. The second week you came in, you received a Lego block. Remember, I talked about the importance of a foundation and how if you take a bunch of Legos and you have a good foundation, remember I had a picture of an X-Wing fighter that's over 41 feet long that was made, you can make some amazing things. And the same thing is true in our Christian walk. If we have a strong foundation, which is God's word, and we're connected in his word, God can build beautiful things. So number one, we're connected with God. Number two, we're connected with his word. And when his word is our foundation, God can do amazing and beautiful things with us. Last week, when you came in, you got a monkey from a barrel of monkeys, right? And we talked about the importance of linking arms together. How with a barrel of monkeys, the whole goal behind this toy is that you link arms with the next monkey and then link arms with the next one and try to make the longest chain you can. Well, in our spiritual walk, God has designed it that we would link arms with other Christians so that we can hold each other accountable, so that we can build each other up, so that we can love each other, so that we can help each other walk through this difficult life. Because times will get tough, times will be hard, but when we have others around us that we've linked arms with, they can actually help carry us through those difficult and hard times. So we see the importance of each thing that we're connected with that we've talked about each week of this series of being connected with God, being connected with his word, and being connected with each other. Then today, as you came in, you should have received a puzzle piece. And you're probably wondering, why did I get a puzzle piece? You got a puzzle piece because there's a piece of the puzzle missing if we only have those three connections. Those three connections are very important, that we be connected with God, that we be connected with his word, we be connected with each other, but that's not the complete picture. And the reality is, if I asked all of you to gather together and try to put this puzzle together that you have, it would be very difficult because many of you don't even know what the complete puzzle looks like, so it would be hard to make that come together. It would be hard to find all the pieces that you need. So the important point for us to note today is that many of us are walking around incomplete because we don't have all the pieces of the puzzle. We haven't put it all together yet, or we have an incomplete puzzle so far. So it's important for us to learn this next connection. You see, the reality is some people just focus on being connected to God. 
and you've probably heard it before, maybe you've said it before, you know somebody in your life that they say, you know, I just kind of connect with God on my own terms. You know, I have, a, I have a way that I connect with God or, or I connect with God best when I'm out in nature. So I'm just going to go hunting every weekend. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to be around other believers. I can, I can just connect with God. But it would be a huge mistake because I connect with God in nature very well. But it'd be a huge mistake for me to just go to the mountains and just hang out in the mountains isolated and just say, God, I just want to connect with you. That might be good for a little short while but I'd be missing out on what God has for me because I'd be missing out on what he has for me in his word that I need to connect in. And I'd be missing out on the fellowship and the friendship and the accountability and the encouragement from one another that I need. So I can't just have that one piece of the puzzle. I have to begin to put it all together. Others might say, you know, I just really connect with God well by studying his word. And that is great. But sometimes we can get so much, so put so much emphasis on, I'm just going to study God's word. I'm going to get in his word. I'm going to learn the Bible. But it would be a mistake for us to go hide out in a cabin somewhere and, and just do nothing but read the Bible. Now, again, you're hearing a preacher say it'd be a mistake to just read the Bible. It would be important for us to read the Bible. We need to know the Bible. We need to connect with God's word in his Bible. But if that's all we did, we'd be missing out on a piece of the puzzle that he has for us. We've been missing out on that fellowship and that connection with others and the piece of the puzzle that we're going to talk about today. Now, often you'll hear others say that, you know what, simply being around other Christians, that's really all I need. And, and by simply attending church and being around other believers, then I'm, I'm going to become a spiritually mature person. But again, you're missing out on a piece of the puzzle. Because you see, I've heard it said that to just attend church doesn't make you a Christian anymore than standing in your garage makes you a car, right? You see, you can show up here every weekend. You can be here all the time. You can show up for all the events. But if you're not connecting with God without anything else in between you and God, if you're not connecting with his word and learning from his word and letting his word change you from the inside out and you're, you're learning what God has to speak into you through the Bible, and if you're not linking arms with other Christians and you're encouraging one another and building one another up and, and being there as a support network for each other, you're missing out on a part of the puzzle. So again, it's good for us to attend church. It's good for us to be here, but there has to be transformation happening. There's that saying of, you know, come as you are. And, and we hear that a lot today in the churches. And, and, you know, we should come as we are. But God doesn't want us to stay as we are. You see, come as you are, absolutely. Come in with your brokenness and your hurt and whatever it is that you're going through. But God doesn't want you to stay there. He has something beautiful for you. He has great things for you. And those things come when we're connected to God. We're connected with his word, we're connected with each other. And then the missing piece of the puzzle today we're going to talk about is being connected with the community. You see, it begins to make a complete picture when we begin to be connected with the community, meaning here's the thing. We, we love this community right here. This is our church family. We gather together and we worship God. We connect with him by worshiping him together. And we study God's word together. We begin to link arms with each other and we encourage one another and we enjoy each other's company because we're like-minded and we're connected in those three ways, connected with God, with his word, with each other. But here's the reality. We're not called to remain here. This is good for us. This builds us up. This edifies the, the body of believers. But what we're called to do is to take what we have here and go connect with the community and share with the world the good news of Jesus. You see, we're not called to remain in our Christian bubbles and just build each other up. While that is important, God has something more for us. He has a bigger picture for us to complete. And to complete the picture of what the church is to look like, we're called to connect with our community where God has placed us. We're called to connect with the community because they need to hear the gospel of Jesus and be saved. The community, the world, needs to know 
what we have learned. And, and there are several scriptures that speak to this, but the main text I want to look at today is found in Romans chapter 10. So we're going to be, so you can grab your Bible, there's one under your chair, you can turn to Romans chapter 10, that's where we'll be today in verses 14 through 17 will be the main verses. But if we look at verse 1 of chapter 10, Paul gives his heart behind this, this chapter, and he says, brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. See, Paul's desire, his heart's desire, would be that everyone in the community, everyone that he knew, would be saved. And that is to be our desire, that everyone in our community would hear the gospel of Jesus and be saved. And in order to do that, we have to understand the last piece of the puzzle, of how we have to be connected to the community in a way that we can share the gospel. So if you will please stand with me, we're going to read from Romans chapter 10. This is our main text for today. And if you're new with us, we always stand for the main passage that we read out of honor and glory for God's word. Here's what his holy word says. This is Paul. And he's saying, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. You can be seated. As always, may the Lord add his blessing to the reading and the hearing of his holy word as we study this. Now, this passage lays out the gospel mandate. It says, in order to be saved, people have to be connected to God by believing in Jesus. In order to believe in Jesus, they have to be connected with his word to know what to believe. And then, in order to know what to believe, they have to be connected to a Christian who tells them what is in God's word. And in order for the Christian to tell them, us Christians have to be connected to the community. You see how this works, how God's plan for the church works? This scripture is our call to be missionaries to our community. This scripture is our call to be connected with people in such a way that we can share the gospel with them, and that's how God grows his church. So God's desire for his church is that we would be connected with our community, and that means connected right here in Uptown New Albany. How are we connected in Uptown New Albany? Connected to local high schools, connected to local college campuses, connected to local business owners, connected to your place of employment, connected to your neighbors. You see, God's desire, the truth is, is that he calls you to be connected wherever you are. So we have to ask ourselves, how am I connected to people in my neighborhood? How am I connected to people that I work with? How am I connected to the people that I come into contact with so that God can grow his church? The reality is that it takes effort. I mean, it's, it's difficult to get connected in our community in that way, and, and some of us feel like we're not prepared for that. You know, we can come to church every single weekend, we worship together, we study God's Word together, we encourage one another, yet we still miss this important piece of the puzzle, which is connecting with our community so that God can use us to grow His church. And the reality is that takes time. It's difficult for us to do that, to find those connections and build those relationships so that we can have a voice to speak the gospel. And I can tell you from my experience that, that what I could do very easily is I could consume every bit of my time within the church family. It'd be very, very easy for me to go day in and day out without having any kind of connection with someone who does not know Jesus. I could spend all my time every day with meetings with, with you guys, with my church family, with other pastors in the area, prayer, you know, we have, um, there's pastors that get together for prayer breakfast, and I could spend all of my days just around believers. 
But God says you're supposed to go and connect with the lost world so that they can hear about Jesus and the, and the news that I've given you. So it takes an effort for me to get outside of my bubble and to have meaningful connection with those outside of the Christian community. Just recently, I was excited to join a group of local business owners here in Uptown New Albany, and we're going to meet regularly where we're going to talk about um, local issues and, and things in this area and ways to improve this neighborhood and ways to bring more businesses and, and things to the Uptown area so that we can, we can um, improve this area where we, where we live and where the church is and where the businesses are. And, you know, there are Christians in that group, but there are also people who don't know Jesus. So that's an opportunity for me to connect with the community and eventually share the gospel with people that I've developed relationships with. We said all along, it's our desire to be a light for the gospel here, starting at 341 Vincennes Street and radiating that light of Jesus out into our community and, and beyond. But how do we do that? Do we just show up every week and, and worship God and preach the word? That's important. But then we've got to make connections. We've got to connect with our community to be able to share the love of Jesus with those around us. So, um, you know, over the past four years, since moving into this building, we've been trying to provide ways for our church body to get connected in the community. We've done VBS in the park, right? Vacation Bible School. Instead of doing it here in the building, we go out to the park and we try to bring the community in on that so that we can take the gospel of Jesus to our community and make connections with families and kids in the neighborhoods. We've prayer walked the neighborhoods. We've had several of those where we'll just gather and we'll just go scatter and we'll prayer walk through the neighborhood. And the goal is that as we prayer walk the neighborhood, as we see people on the porch or somebody walking along the street, we connect with them, have a conversation with them and ask, is there any way we can pray for you? Those are ways of making connections in the neighborhood. We've served at places like Choices for Women, at the Breakaway House, it's right down the alley here, at, with Nomad Ministry in downtown New Albany, with Clean Socks Hope. We've tried to find ways to connect with people in the community. We serve every year on the cleanup crew for Harvest Homecoming. Now, why do we do that? Because we want to connect in the community. We want to find more and more ways to build relationships, to connect with people in our community so that we can share the gospel with them. And we're going to continue to try to look for ways to connect with our community and give you ways to do that. And, and I'm really excited to announce that in the near future, this is something we hope to be launching, is a mobile dental clinic. We've got a picture of it that's going to come up here. This is a really cool thing. In partnership with Graceland Baptist Church, we hope to provide this mobile dental clinic in our parking lot that will give free dental care in our community to people in our community who do not have insurance. But in order to make that a reality, we need some people that are willing to volunteer once a month, if we have that here once a month, from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. And those volunteers will basically check people in, spend time with them, connect with them, have opportunities to share the gospel with them as they wait on their dental appointment to go into this. There's two dental chairs inside this um, bus, and it's just a really neat way for us to meet a need in the community and then for us to connect with people in the community. So it's going to be a great way to volunteer. If you want to be a part of that, see me after the service and let me know, and I'll get your name on a list. I think it's going to be exciting to see what God does through this. There's a church in Memphis, Tennessee that, that does this, and they have stories of hundreds of people that have come to know Jesus Christ because of coming and getting dental care and hearing the gospel preached, spoken to them through relationships, through connections, meeting needs of people. So it's our goal to provide more opportunities like that for you to connect with the community. But the reality is this. It's not necessarily the church's job to always give you opportunities to connect in the community. 
We want to give you as many as we can. We want to help you out in that. But the reality is this. You must be looking for ways to continually connect in the community with people around you. Matthew 28, Jesus said this. He said, go and make disciples. So he said, once you've placed your faith in him, you've received salvation through him. You've been baptized to follow Jesus, the example of Jesus. And once you become a believer, you become a disciple. He says, now you go and you make more disciples. What he's telling us today in our culture, he's saying, go to work. And when you're at work, you make some disciples. Go to the park, and while you're hanging out at the park, meet people, connect with people, and you make disciples. He's saying, you go to your neighborhood, and you make disciples. You get to know people. You have cookouts. You meet with people. You connect relationally, and then you share the love of Jesus with them. So we go back to the beginning of this chapter and understand the context in which the Apostle Paul says this. Number one, we must get connected with the right attitude. We have to be connected with the right attitude. And what is that attitude? You see, effective mission work works out of a basic attitude, and it's illustrated for us in verse 1 when Paul said, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. And what you see with the Apostle Paul is a passion for those who don't know Jesus. Paul's heart's desire, his heart's passion, everything within him, his heart's longing was for the salvation of the people of Israel. That's what motivated him. That's what drove him. That's what compelled him to do everything that he did. And God's saying that should be our heart's desire, that we should want to get connected in the community because our hearts break over those who don't know Jesus yet, over those who just don't get it, that, that God sent his son to pay the price for us, to take on our sin for us so that we could be brought back into relationship with God. But our community doesn't understand that. They don't know that, so they have to be taught that. But we have to come with the attitude, with the heart that I long for and I pray for my neighbors to be saved. Look at verse 2 of chapter 9. Romans 9, 2 says that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. See, over and over, you see Paul, the Apostle Paul, he had this endless ache, this, this pain deep down inside of him. And it, he said it never goes away. It's profound. It's high and deep and broad and long. I have this endless sorrow, this endless grief. And why did he have that? Verse 3, he explains himself, For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Paul's making a very big statement here. He says, I would give up my salvation if doing so would bring salvation to all of Israel. He's not just saying, you know what, I give up my time for the cause of the gospel. I'll give up all my money for the cause of the gospel. He's saying, I'll give up my eternity so that all these people could be saved. He's saying, if I could do that, I would. Now, this is hyperbole. At times in the Bible, we find these, these instances of hyperbole. He is being a little dramatic at this point because he knows that he can't give up his salvation for those people. But what he's doing is he's saying, I would do anything I can. I'm so passionate about the lost. I'm so passionate about my community. I'm so passionate about the people that are around me that I want them to know about this great salvation that's available to them. So what Paul was suggesting was impossible, yet he's, he's throwing out this big idea of what he would be willing to give up. So we have to think, what are we willing to give up so that our community could know about Jesus? Are we that passionate about the lost? 
Or have we missed out on a piece of the puzzle? Have we thought, you know, I, I want to connect with God, I want to connect with His Word, and I want to connect with other believers, but eh, I'm not so sure about going out and connect with my community, because that gets messy. You know, I'm not so sure I have time to go and develop those relationships, and I'm kind of nervous to share the gospel with other people, because they might make fun of me, or they might just totally dismiss me, and, and we, we make excuses, don't we? We're not, we're not passionate about it like Paul is, so what do we have to do to begin to understand that God has called us? He's given us salvation, this most beautiful gift ever. And he's calling on us to share that with others. We get to, to be the, the bearers of that gift, so to speak. We get to take that to the lost and say, hey, let me tell you about this amazing, amazing gift that God has for you. That should be something that makes us willing to give up our time, our talents, and our treasure. Because we should be saying, you know what? I long for, I yearn for, I desire that the people around me would just know Jesus and know that God's grace is so good, it's sufficient for all of us. It covers over my sin. I once was broken, I once was lost, but now I'm found because God showed me about how He made a way for me to come back to Him. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, do we anguish over the lost? I think if we don't, it's probably because we're not connected to the lost. Or maybe because we've been focusing on the other connections so much that we've missed this fourth connection that completes the puzzle that makes life so beautiful as a Christian. See, church, we should be willing to give up all our rights, all of our possessions, so that others might come to know and receive the gospel of Jesus. And that may seem overzealous in an Americanized culture, but that's what God calls us to. That's what He desires from us, that we would be willing to give up all of our comforts, everything that God has blessed us with so that others might know Jesus. And that doesn't mean he'll make us give it all up. It's just do we have that mindset and that heart and that desire to say, God, I'll give up whatever it is so that my neighbor will know Jesus. God, I'll be willing to give up whatever it is so that my relative can come to know Jesus. God, I'll give up whatever it is so that the people who live down the street will come to know Jesus. God, I will give up whatever it is so that the homeless people in downtown and uptown and midtown New Albany could come to know Jesus the great news of the gospel of Jesus. When Paul writes to Timothy, he says this in the first letter to him, 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. That is, this is good and is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. What he's saying is, you pray for everyone to come to the knowledge of the truth because that's the heart of God. God desires that everyone comes to the knowledge of the truth and that's how we ought to pray. Even Jesus, when he was dying on the cross, he prayed evangelistically and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And we look at that and we think, okay, he's just talking about the people that were attacking him, but you know what? He's saying, forgive all of them. They know not what they do. I know that before I became a Christian, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. The way I lived my life, the choices that I made, they were against God's will for my life and desires for my life. I didn't know what I did, and I'm so thankful that Jesus would say, Father, forgive him. He doesn't know what he does. He doesn't understand what he's doing separates him from you and your holiness. You see, being a, a missionary starts with an attitude. It's an attitude of passionate concern, and that moves to prayer. That moves to prayer for those people that, that don't know the good news yet. And secondly, not only do we get connected with the right attitude, but we need to be connected to share the gospel. 
I know that makes some of us nervous because we think, well, that's the pastor's job, right? No, that's every Christian's job. God calls every single one of us to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And so we look again at Romans 10, verse 2. He said, for I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. And he says that, he says, you know, they're running after God. They're, they're coming after God, but the way they're coming is wrong. They, they don't have the right knowledge. And we see this today so often because many people are running after God. Many people, they, they say they believe in God or they believe in a God, but they don't have the proper knowledge of the God. You know, maybe that's you. Maybe you're here today and you're seeking, you're searching, and you, you don't really know who God is. You don't really understand who Jesus is and how he lived the perfect life to die to cover over your sin. And maybe you're trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together and they're starting to come together today. That's beautiful. That is great. We celebrate that. I'm so thankful that you're here to begin to hear the truth of the gospel of Jesus and you could be forgiven of your sins. But if that's you, I would encourage you to sign up for a connect group because you're starting to connect with God and you need to start to connect with other people. You need to connect with his word to hear the truth and you need to be a part of a connect group or a discipleship group here at church so that you can begin to be encouraged in your walk. You can begin to learn about Jesus. You see, there's kind of an order to this. You know, we have to begin to first connect with God and understand who God is. Then we connect with his word and we begin to learn from his word and grow from his word and his word changes us from the inside out. And we connect with each other so that we can encourage each other and teach each other and, and build each other up. And what our goal is, is that we build each other up and get each other equipped and ready so that we can then connect with our community and we feel ready and prepared to share God's word with those who don't know him. And maybe we make those connections and we say, hey, you know, I don't have all the answers, but hey, why don't you come to church with me? Because you can learn about God. You can begin to grow and, and be around other people that know God so that you can then take steps in your walk. Because those who don't know God are simply relying upon their own righteousness, their own goodness to earn their way to heaven. And that's what we find. That's why in verse 3, Paul says this, For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. You see, people think God is less righteous than he truly is. People also think that they are more righteous than they truly are. And that's the, where we get caught. We want to bring God down and we want to pull ourselves up to try to work our way, to earn our way, to say, well, you know what? I'm basically a good person. You know, I've tried to live my life according to a moral code. You know, I try to, to do the right thing and, and, and I'm, I'm a spiritual person. You know, I believe in God and I'm trying to do the right thing. And in that, we're saying what I'm doing is I'm trying to pull God down to me and I'm trying to elevate myself up to him. We diminish God's glory. We, we lift up our own glory. And with that, the Bible says we have a problem. Because when we think that God is less holy than he is, we think we're more holy than we are, and there's a disconnect because the reality in God's word is that Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. You see, we want to try to bring him down and say, well, if he's a loving God, if he's a good God, surely he's going to allow me into his presence. I mean, come on, I'm, I'm a pretty good person. But the reality of God's word is that he is holy and righteous and pure. He is an awesome, all-consuming fire. And we have got to get back to understanding that God, we cannot get in his presence in our own. We would die. We couldn't look upon him and his glory and his majesty and his awesomeness and how incredible and big and mighty he is. He is holiness. And deep down, every one of us knows. We know that we're broken we know we're not holy. 
We know the desires that we have. We know the things that we've done. We know our own story. And if we get real with ourselves, we know we can't possibly exist in God's presence. Therefore, we have to have something, some way to be able to get into his presence. And that's where the good news comes in, the gospel of Jesus. You see, we've pulled God down. We've tried to elevate ourselves to get into his presence, but we have to learn and, and, and understand that God had to make a way for us. And that's what people in our culture have to learn, so we have to connect with them to tell them that. Isaiah 64, 6 says this, We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. So you see, there's this problem. Man doesn't understand God and his holiness. We don't understand that we have fallen short, so we fail to see our sin and that it separates us from ever for this holy, forever from this holy God. And that's why Paul is explaining to, to them the good news in verse 4. Romans 10, 4 says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Now here's what we have to wrap our minds around. Those in the world who are lost, and, and us before we became Christians, what we thought was, I can live according to the law, I can be a moral person, I can do the best that I can, I'll serve, I'll give some, I'll try to be a good person, hopefully in the end God will let me in. Paul says, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. He is righteousness for those of us who believe in him. So what we have to understand is that the law, it demands death. Jesus died the death. The law also demands a perfect life. Jesus lived the perfect life that you and I cannot live. He lived the perfect life. He died the death so that we could enter in to God's presence. You see, the reality is Jesus paid that price so that when you and I have to stand before Almighty God, Jesus will be right in between us, and what God will see is Jesus and His holiness and His sacrifice that paid the price for us. And then we are made holy, and we get to enter into God's presence. God's wrath is satisfied. His justice is met. And basically, there's a credit to our account covered by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And it says this is for everyone who believes. Not for everyone who's able to live up to the law. It's for everyone who believes in Jesus. It's because of grace, through faith, not of works. And that's what Paul's been saying all along. It's by faith. So Romans 3.22 says, The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. And when you look at the nation of Israel, over and over again they failed. You study throughout the Bible and you see that they did, they did really good. They worked really hard. They tried to be righteous and true and honorable to God. And then they would fall and they would fall away from him. And then they would come back and they would try to be really good. And then they would fall. And you see this up and down, up and down, up and down. And isn't that our life? I try to be really good. I do good for a while. I'm, I'm really doing well. And then I failed. Oh, but I'm going to be really good. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to do as good as I can. And then we fail. And the beauty of the gospel is this, the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. What a relief. What a relief. And the world needs to know that. But how will they know if we don't connect with them and go tell them? That's what this verse is telling us. How are they going to hear? How are they going to know? And then if we look at Romans 9.32, it talks about the failure over and over again. It says, because they did not pursue it by faith, 
but as if it were based on works. So we see this again being spelled out in Scripture. And then we see it again being lived out daily in people that we know that are trying by works to get there. Maybe you've been trying by works to get there. God is saying, relax. It's by faith. By faith in Jesus Christ. He covers it for you. And then he begins to do a good work in you. And the power of the Holy Spirit then begins to work in you. So then you do good works as a response to the salvation he's given you. As a way of saying, God, thank you. Thank you for changing my life. Thank you for making a way for me. I'm going to live my life according to your way. And the power of the Holy Spirit then begins to empower us to do that. We see, how will they know? How will they hear if we don't connect? Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There's good news. It's good news for the world, but it's up to us to share it. We have to get out there. We have to connect with our community. We have to get involved. So here's what the church has to do. We connect with God by making sure that there's nothing in between us and God, right? Even good things. We've got to make sure that our connection with God is solid. It is true. We put him first in everything that we do. We connect then with his word and we get into his word. We learn from the Bible. We study the Bible. We allow the Bible to change us from the inside out. We apply the Bible to our lives because if we just get a lot of knowledge, it doesn't do any good unless we start to live it and live according to it, applying it. And as we do that, we connect with each other. We link arm with, arms with each other, and we support each other, and we lift each other up, and we help each other. We carry each other when we're weak, and, and we're there to support each other, weak and strong, and, and helping each other. And then we connect with the community so that they can hear the gospel, and they can connect with God, and then they can connect with His Word, and then they can connect in the body, and then with this body builds, and it grows, and it gets stronger and healthier, and we continue to see Uptown New Albany, being transformed with the gospel of Jesus. To Midtown New Albany, being transformed with the gospel of Jesus. All the way to Downtown New Albany, being transformed with the gospel of Jesus. And then all of New Albany and Clarksville and Floyd County and in Southern Indiana gets changed with the gospel of Jesus. As we see God grow his church in a healthy way because we're connected to him, connected to his word, connected to each other, and connected to the lost community around us. And then what God's word says is when we do that, our feet are beautiful. I don't know about you, but my feet aren't really beautiful when you just look at them. I don't really like to wear flip-flops because I've been running for years since I was a kid. Feet are all calloused, and they're really not that beautiful. But God's Word says my feet are beautiful. His Word says my feet are beautiful when I carry the gospel of Jesus to others. And what that phrase means is that people are happy to see me when I approach. That's what that phrase in Bible times meant. For your feet to be beautiful, it means I'm glad to see you walking towards me right now. I think what we need to ask is when we approach our community, are they glad to see us coming towards them? Or do they feel judged and condemned? We've got to look at ourselves and say, how am I living my life in a way that the people around me think my feet are beautiful because they say, oh, here comes Neil. I'm so glad to see him. Oh, here comes those people from Forward Church. You know, we've heard a lot about that church and how they really live what they believe and, and they, they're just honoring God with what they do. And it's, it's, it's nice to see them come and serve in the community and to be here and to be a part of what's going on. That should be our desire is that our feet would be beautiful as we approach people. You see, I can tell you of many people in my life that have had beautiful feet that have impacted me. And the people that had the most beautiful feet, they all were people that spoke the gospel of Jesus over my life. They all were people that have encouraged me in my walk. All people who were 
closely connected to God, who were closely connected with his word as a foundation for their life, and people who were connected with other believers so that they stayed true in their walk and they could help me and encourage me to begin my walk and to continue in my walk. And I can tell you over the seven and a half years of Forward Church, I've seen multiple people get baptized in that baptistry right there. I love every week when I have to take some time to fill that up and get the heater in it and get it ready. And most of the baptisms that have happened in there happen because you all connected with someone. And you connected with them in a way that you could share the gospel with them and pour into them. And most of our baptisms that happen, people don't get baptized by me. They get baptized by the person that connected with them. And that's the way I love it. That's the way we want it. I want to see every person in here baptizing somebody in that baptistry. How beautiful would that be? And it starts with you, first of all, connecting with God, connecting with his word as foundational for your life, connecting with others here so you can build each other up and encourage one another and, and help one another and, and give each other words of encouragement as you go out to connect in the world to share the gospel with those who need to hear it. But you know what? Not all who hear it will listen. Romans 10, 16 our passage today says, but they've not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? And the reality is not everybody's going to believe. But that doesn't change our responsibility. Our responsibility is to take it so they can hear it. Because he says, how will they, how will they believe if they haven't heard? And verse 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So you start with the word of Christ. You send people who know the word to connect with the word and to preach the word so that they can hear the word and call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's our heart's desire here at Forward Church, that we be connected with God, that we be connected with his word, that we connect with each other, and that we connect with our community to share the gospel. You know what the reality is? Many of us might be missing a part of that puzzle. Maybe today you just need to come to the altar and you say, God, I've, I've been close, but I haven't, I haven't been connecting with people in the community. God, would you show me who to connect with? And he'll show you. If you come and you pray at the altar today and you say, God, you know, I've been at work for, I've worked at the same place for several years now, but I haven't really made those kind of connections because I've been afraid to share and I've been nervous. God, would you open those doors to help me connect with people and to share your love with them? He will do that. He'll give you those opportunities. Maybe you're here today and for the first time, you're connecting with God. Maybe for the first time, you're, you're feeling His presence and you're understanding that Jesus paid the price for you so that your sins could be forgiven. Maybe today's the day you come and you kneel at the altar and you say, God, I'm so thankful that you would cover over my sin. We would invite you to come and just, just say a prayer. It's that simple. God, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and because of Him, my sins are forgiven. I want to accept that. You can do that today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your holy word. God, your word is true. Your word is powerful. Your word is so life-giving. Your word gives us freedom. Many of us have been living our lives bound by the law. We've been trying to be good enough, and then we would fail, and we'd feel guilty. God, we thank you for the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. We thank you that Jesus came to fulfill the law because we can't. 
Father, some of us in this room today just need to come and bow at the altar and say, God, I thank you for the freedom that comes through believing in Jesus Christ. God, I thank you that I've been here today to hear the truth from your word. I'm going to respond to that by giving my life to Christ today, by surrendering all that I have and all that I am in order to be forgiven of my sin. Father, some in this room haven't connected with you. Maybe we haven't connected in your word. Maybe we haven't connected with others in this church body. Maybe we've been believers for a long time doing the first three and we haven't connected with anyone outside of here to try to share your love with them. Father, wherever our connection may be lacking, we pray today that you would help us to be connected. Show us what we need to do, Lord. Impress upon our hearts now. We pray your Spirit's presence, thanking you for the way you minister to us. And as we worship you, we celebrate those who will come to the altar and pray. And we pray over them and we join in them in their prayers, Lord. Thanking you for your goodness and grace. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things.